As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. Welcome to Gen X, This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy. I'm a proud Gen Xer, born in 1977. And I'm her sister, Jenny, born in 1974. What's up, Jen? Not too much. What's going on? Not too much. I hope you guys enjoy the bonus content that we gave you, which was us talking about our Emmy picks. And I love how we go into things and we didn't see half the numbers. Like we can obviously not be, I mean, my Emmy picks were based on what I saw or what I heard. Yes. Yeah. About things I didn't see. Hey, there's people who based whole presidencies on what they've heard. So, you know, who knows? All right, Jenny, today we're here to talk about the 2023 documentary. Wham. Wham. Oh shit. Wham. Was I supposed to have a, I don't know this new format. You got to do all the stuff. It's just it. No, there's no description. Oh, okay. it's just wham! It's uh, so, a documentary on Netflix. So you keep things loosey goosey over here. Yeah, it's like wham! There it is. <laughs> it's like oh. it was a good name for a band at the time that that was a band. Yeah, yeah. So here's my let's do a like upfront big picture discussion. What did you think of this documentary? I really liked it. I like I I love George Michael, so that's helpful. I do too. Yeah. Um. I did like I didn't I don't know how you feel about Wham, but like I feel like we were pretty young when Wham was we out. We were pretty young. So mm-hmm. like I I liked Wham. It was one of those like, you know, I was like six or eight listening to it. Um mm-hmm. but I really loved George Michael's stuff later. I was more into him as a solo artist later. Remember Father Figure? Oh, that whole album was like oh, I want your huge. sex. God, huge. Wow. Huge. Wow. Um Here's how I felt about the documentary. It was fun. It was light. Mm-hmm. Like I kept waiting for it to take a turn. Well, but that's because it, it that's because it was about Wham. Yes, exactly. All the dark, crazy shit with George Michael happened after Wham. 
Yeah, like, I feel like, okay, what's the story? The story is, like, they were two good guys. I feel like were good the friends. story is, is Andrew still alive? Yeah. I feel like the story was, like, Andrew was awesome and, like, he was important, too. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because honestly, like, again, because I was so young and I'd, I'd be interested to hear from older Gen Xers. Like, Andrew, he wasn't even a thing for me. Like, I barely, I didn't even remember his name. Like, it was always, like, Wham was George Michael to me. But I think that's because I was so into George Michael later. And I knew he came from this band Wham that I knew one or two songs from when I was a kid. Do you know what I mean? So it was, like. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Like, was Andrew a huge deal? It seems like he was. He was a partier. Well, we know that. But that doesn't, you know, that doesn't, those two things aren't necessarily equal. I don't know. I just remember I was really into George Michael. Yeah. And I He was stunning. Right. Like I didn't even he know He was stunning. He was stunning. Yeah. I mean, you look at the footage of him. Stunning. He's gorgeous. No. It's those Greek jeans. I mean, he's just amazing. Look at John Stamos. Come on. Okay. Jesus, here um, we go. <laughs> here we go. Everything gets bad. Like, you, have, okay. you have like six degrees of separation of John Stamos. I I challenge anyone, regardless of sexuality, to look at John Stamos's Instagram and tell me he is not attractive. I agree, I he's an attractive guy. Well, you, I want you, to meet that person. You have him up on like pedestals with George Michael. Like, no, <laughs> no, sorry, Jenny. You don't think you don't think John Stamos is on top of the pyramid? No, of, of Greek comics? No, I. Of, well, like who's is like Aristotle in the pyramid of Greek <laughs> Zeus is in the pyramid Zeus is a god yeah of course um okay so let's get into this so I don't have a ton of notes no I have like periodic notes yeah yeah I just have okay we open on George and Andrew they're high schoolers they meet when they're 12 years old they're in London correct yes um, so they were yeah yeah I think so okay Here's a question for you. They're boomers, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Not not super firmly because they were 12 in 1975, which would make them born in 1963. So they're they're, so they're at, on the edge. They're at the edge. Yeah, they're at the edge. Mm-hmm. So they're like a they're like a a Kamala Harris situation. They're like a cusp born yeah. mm-hmm. Gen Xer. So George came to Andrew's school and as a new student, and he was shy. How about the picture of him when he was a little kid? Oh my god, hilarious. Oh, my God. He's got, like, this thick, curly hair yeah. and these big glasses. And he was shy, and he was kind of nerdy. And Andrew was, like, a leader, and he was popular, and he took George under his wing. Now, George Michael's real name is Urios Panayatu. Panayatu. Yeah. And Andrew called him Yog. Yeah. That was his, yeah. like, loving nickname for him. They decide they have a lot in common. So they form this band called The Executive. And they started with Ska, which is hilarious. They did start with Ska. And I love the the audio of them, like, screaming and just playing their hearts out. Well, and, and, and one thing that I took away from this is, like, when they were showing where they grew up, I think it was a town outside of London. Um, okay. They, like, suburban London. Mm-hmm. It makes you think about, like, I was thinking back to when like to wear Paul McCartney's childhood places. And did, if anyone has How not seen it, bring him into this. We talked about this all the time. Carpool karaoke with Paul McCartney. Oh, 
If you have yes. not watched this yes. show or this episode, yes. it is amazing. It was Liverpool, by the way. It was Liverpool. So they go, mm-hmm. they were in Liverpool, and they go to Paul McCartney's house where he like James they, Gordon brings them. Where they wrote, and now it's a museum, and mm-hmm. the pianos there were like they they wrote their songs and recorded them because these four track recorders had become accessible. They became affordable. Mm-hmm. When I say mm-hmm. accessible, I mean affordable, right? Like they've become like anyone could get them now, and that was a huge shift in music. Look- let me just give some context to the Paul McCartney. Oh, here we go. Oh, Did I trigger you? No, no, no. You didn't trigger me, but I want to respond. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Let's let's hear the uh, John Lennon response to me saying Paul McCartney. No, 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 no. All I'm going to say is that carpool karaoke came out right after 2016, which was a very difficult time for women in this country. And when he sang Let It Be and talked about his mother, you and I were sobbing. I was sobbing the whole time. You cried. The best was when they went to that little bar. Yes. So they go to this little bar in Liverpool. And if you don't want to spoil the episode, then shut off. Shut this off for 10 seconds. No, this is like 10 years old. It's not spoiled. So they go to this bar in Liverpool and it's like this Beatles, you know, like it's obviously everything in Liverpool is probably like Beatles themed and like, oh, John Mm -hmm. Lennon drank Mm -hmm. here and Paul McCartney. And, you know, there's these people in the middle of the day at the bar, not judging. I've been there. Not judging. Yeah, but, like, yeah, they're yeah. probably regulars, right? Like, it's a small mm-hmm. crowd. And It wasn't, like, noon. It was, like, 3 or 4 o'clock. Five, whatever. It's it's yeah. early uh, evening. Okay, early evening. But mm-hmm. it's a small crowd. It's probably, like, the locals yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And uh, the bartender, I think, asked somebody to, like, turn the put something in the jukebox. And, of course, the jukebox is all Beatles songs. Mm-hmm. So they go over and they put a quarter in the jukebox. And I guess this area had like a stage where they have bands, like small stage, but it was covered mm-hmm. by a curtain. The guy puts the thing in the jukebox, picks, I don't know what song it was. I forget what it was. But that must somehow, they must know what it is. And um, like a few minutes later, the curtains open and Paul McCartney's playing the song live in the bar. <laughs> and People everybody died. lost their goddamn minds. Like it was crazy. And then like, you just see them on their phones. And then like, then they start to show like crowds are coming mm-hmm. like across mm-hmm. streets. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was so crazy. Could it you imagine crazy. being in that bar? I mean, I'd be like Paul McCartney. Yeah. Fuck him. Would you uh, throw yeah. something at him? No, are you kidding me? <laughs> I would be dying yeah. to see a beetle. Because I would be like, you touched John All Lennon. Right. Yes, you proximity. burned him betrayed him, but Pro- you also touched him. Proximity to John Lennon, fine. Right, yes. Um, so they break up, this executive band. And Andrew and George are like, we just loved writing so much and playing together so much. So they just kept it going. Yeah. And they're out at a club and Andrew starts rapping. Now, this uh, wham rap. Uh, I mean, I, I remember it. I remember it. Oh, it's bad. There was a lot of that kind of stuff at that time, though. Like, bad rap. There was good rap, but there was also bad rap. Yes. So, it's like, wham, bam, I am the the man. man. Yeah. Let me see if I can find it. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, we have to pay for this? Um, come and sue me, wham. (laughs) Come sue me, Andrew. Andrew. (laughs) Andrew, come sue me. I don't know if that's even going to be like in their list of songs. Oh, of course it is. You think? It was big. It was big. And then like it became like a nostalgic favorite later. 
That's not it. That's not it. That's if you do it right. I, on, I'm cutting I, all of this. What's it called? Wham wrap, right? I think the name might be different now. Here it is. I got it. That's intro congos. That it was line? the 80s. Oh, here it is. Okay. Don't forget, also, oh. you have to remember this was like 1981. So, like, the stuff in the very early 80s had like a disco y 70s, like, yes. funk yes. kind of influence. Yes. And it was coming Like, if right, this came out like out 86. Yeah. And if this came out like 86, 87, mm-hmm, it would mm-hmm. not have been as popular. Yeah. Well, so this is the song, and Andrew was rapping it at, a, at, the, at, at the club. He was out <laughs> at the club rapping. Okay. And he's going, wham, bam, I am the man. And George Michael's like, that's, that's the, the song. name of the group. Got it. Wham. Wham's the name of the group. Here's the song. Okay. They co-wrote most of their early songs. It shows. Mm-hmm. And Andrew came up with the chord progression for Careless Whisper. I forgot how much I loved it. <sighs> Such a good song. Oh. But he just came up with that basic chord progression. But I just put it, I just have to read my note here. Some of the early stuff was not great. It wasn't Club Tropicana, Young Guns. guns? I mean, you know how I feel about Young Guns, too. All right. Anyway. (laughs) And there there you have your six degrees of separation with JBJ. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Andrew comes up with the chord progression for Careless Whisper. And the original version is pretty bad. Pretty bad. I mean, the lyrics are great. I smell the lacquer on the uh, floor. Well, some of the, I mean, but like you're seeing it start to come together. Yes, you are. I suspect the bad lyrics that were interjected probably came from Andrew. (laughs) Don't forget, he's writing at this time. He's writing. So Andrew knows a dude. So he and George Michael are like, this is, this is it. We're going to create a demo of Carol's Whisper. I love this. This is our. This is how you know they're boomers. This is how you know they're boomers. Yep. This is our ticket. We're done. This is a number one hit. We're going to go knock on the doors of with our demo tape. Company. We're going to walk in t- and demand yep. a and record contract. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they do this and everybody shuts them out. They're like, no. And they're shocked and devastated. Like, this is how you know they're boomers. Because it's like, there's like boomer dudes. Because they're like, here's, you know, here's our thing. That's wonderful. Like, why are they rejecting like us like on our only try? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So Andrew Jen knows a dude who is in the record business. Of course he does. And he slips him the demo and the dude loves it and he signs them and Andrew's mom starts a scrapbook. Oh, God. Now, the scrapbook's pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah. So I just have some of the songs are real bad. Wham Rap, Club Tropicana, Young Guns. Then George Michael's getting real upset because his song is not number one. Yeah, he's a psycho about this. In the top forty, yeah, Mm -hmm. and Young Guns gets to forty-two, forty-two, and it hangs there. (laughs) So this is the kind of meat that is in this documentary. Ready? 
They get on top of the pops because someone else gets sick. First of all, top of the pops was a huge thing. Huge. Huge. They get on there because someone else was sick. And this is like their big break. So Andrew's going, George drew the short straw and he had to sleep in this thing that was like a crib. So he didn't have a good sleep. So I'm like, okay, now it's getting juicy. Is he going to fuck up on top of the pops? No. Is he drunk and passed out in the crib? Did he find him with somebody else in the crib? Like what's going on? Nothing. They go on top of the pops. It's fine. And that's the first, like where I took a note, seeing him at top of the pops, like stunning. I mean, he's only like 20 years old at this time. He's stunning. God. And that's where my notes end until they get to China. So well, in between, and they were in, they were in, uh, they had two girls in the band at the time. They had two girls in the band at the time. But like, this is my point, And you're going to laugh when I say this. I'm like, this documentary is okay, but it's really just about their music. I mean, I know you think, do is it because you just assume every rock star is mm-hmm. like a degenerate? Is that... I don't know. It's just so awesome. And they're really good to each other. Well, I mean, part of it is like, why would they make a documentary when like not a whole lot happened? Yes. But like, it's because he's a star. And like, this is his origin story of being a star. So you think there's going to be Wham 2? No, I mean, Wham 2 is George Michael's career, which there are documentaries already about. But this Mm -hmm. is like... You know, if you don't know a lot about Wham, and some people don't necessarily watch shows for murder, same. You know, I mean, I don't only watch. I know shows you've been hanging murder. around Mom a lot, but there's no, no murder in this documentary. No, it's just it's really just okay. So it's narrated by Andrew and George, which is cool. Yeah, like it's, it's really about just how they became stars. Like, oh, we wrote this song and it did well, and then we wrote this song. Some people want to well. know that information. Yeah, I'm like. But it doesn't even go into like the songwriting process. It does a little bit. I feel like, mm-hmm. and I feel like it, it like, so um, also I want to say at the top of the pops performance, like it is so clear at that moment that George is the star here. Yes. Like, but it wasn't always that way. Well, see that. And that part I think was interesting. Cause I didn't know that. Like, cause I think you're right. I think this could be a PR piece. <laughs> put out by is. <laughs> like, is he going to have a comeback career? Like, is that what's going on here? Because like George is in that performance. He's so clearly like, yeah. He, like yeah. he, how do they say it? Heads and shoulders above head and shoulders, head and shoulders above, the, above rest. the rest. Like he is a star in that moment. And they're just like backup singers, maybe backup band. And I thought yeah. that Andrew was this powerhouse of like, I mean, I guess he wrote the music. Like, he wrote the music, which the early music's not, I mean, there's nothing amazing there. I love how George goes to Alabama to, like, get Careless Whisper worked on. <laughs> With, like, a huge music producer. Yeah. So, like, Wexler? I think, I, yeah. And then he, like, throws it away. He's like, no, it's not but what I want. But he threw it away. He reproduced it. But, like, it's mm-hmm. still in the vein of what Wexler did, yeah. I feel like. Wexler, yeah. yeah. Wexler so, like, was... so he wasn't even relying on Andrew to write the music for, like, the stuff he really wanted to do. So I feel like I thought Andrew was this, you know, it was kind of like Billie Eilish's brother. Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. he's the genius mm-hmm. of the music there. Like, he writes mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah. And it, that's not what happened here, I don't think. Well, and throughout the documentary, Andrew keeps saying, like, I saw George was going in a different direction. I saw George wanted Successful. More. I saw George, <laughs> like, he, he, you know, he was very, the way that Andrew describes him sometimes is, like, he needed this validation. Yeah. 
And George says that. Yeah, He's yeah. like, I had a huge ego. Yep. I needed this, blah, blah, blah. I mean, but if anybody's surprised loved, by George Michael having a huge ego, like. You know. What I loved about it was how George came out to Andrew. And Andrew was like, no big deal. Like, no big one. I'm and super, it was a big deal. I'm super mad guys. about that, though. I have a lot of notes Why? on that. Why? Tell me. Because he came out to him and Andrew convinced him to not come out to anybody else. Like, not come out to his father and, like, to, like, publicly. And I feel like that was a huge fucking mistake. Do you think that George wanted to come out to his family? He was going to. He was going to go talk to his father. He said that. Yeah, but I think, okay, that's, maybe I just had the wrong impression or maybe I just glanced over this. Did you even my watch impression, this? My impression, yes, but my impression... <laughs> My impression was that they had a discussion about it, and Andrew's like, this might kill the band. Or, no, no. Okay, set me straight. No, Andrew said the opposite. He said, I'm not worried about the band. I'm not worried about our reputation. I'm worried about your father. I'm worried about, like, because he said this whole thing about, like, when you're 19, 20 years old, you just carry your parents' thing. Yeah. And like, that's what they were concerned about. He's like, I don't think your father's going to take it well. I think it's going to be really hard on your family. That's supposedly, whether that was true or not, I don't know. Because at that time, him coming out probably would have been tough on the band too. But yeah. but they yeah. they they said it was because he didn't, he didn't think his father would take it well. And he talked George out of it. I mean, George mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily going to announce it publicly. He was going to tell his family at least. And I feel like mm-hmm. him staying in the closet... And because like then he lost his nerve and he was afraid to disrupt the band later, like once they were becoming famous, because this was before they were famous. Yeah, but think about how much his sex symbolism contributed to that. I know, and star. it's hard to say that it wouldn't have wrecked, wouldn't have wrecked it. It shouldn't have, but it, it, who's saying in America yeah. in the eighties? Yeah, yeah, it would have. And I feel like, although, like, look at Boy George, which is disgusting and gross. Yeah, but that's unfortunately the world that side note real quick if you guys want to if you're younger and you don't really remember the 70s and 80s and and how it was to be a gay person in this country um watch last call it's a show on uh, i want to say it's on max it's about a serial killer that was stalking the queer community in new york in the 80s and the police like did nothing did nothing yep yeah yep Watch that documentary. It's really good. It's it's a series, and they just released the first episode. The other really good um, documentary to watch about that time in the UK is It's a Sin on HBO. Mm, yes. Excellent. Yep. It was about yep. the AIDS crisis and how governments did nothing about it. Yes. So. But anyway, we digress. Um, I I want to say, in, in a perfect world, George Michael could have been out and done really well, and Wham would have been on its merits but i don't believe that to be true yeah of 1980s i don't know uh, if that would have been true UK but i feel like i feel like not coming out was super detrimental to him his mental health of course yeah. it was but at least he was out to somebody yes true you know yeah. and he did have yes. that support somebody who's close to him that he didn't have to yes. hide from yeah yep. yeah and i do think andrew was super supportive he was which I really he was and, and i get why andrew his instinct was to don't like to protect him. His instinct was to protect yeah. him. Yeah. And I get that. Like I'm not faulting him for that, yeah. but it was just like I don't know. Like he had the courage to do it then. And like I don't know. Like I feel like if there was ten or fifteen or twenty or a hundred or ten thousand George Michaels willing to do that at that time. Yeah, but Yeah. You know, it just wasn't. 
Um, thank God, you know, we've made as much progress as we have. Oh my God, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. So Jenny, then Andrew leaves George Michael a note one morning and it says what? Uh, I forget. Wake me up. Before you go. Wake me up, up before you go, go. (laughs) And he crossed out the other up. Yeah. So then we had. Because I think, I just want to say. Hold on, I need to copyright infringement here. This was huge. Huge. This is what I remember. Like, this is the wham I remember. I just, when I hear him saying, oh my God, he has such a good voice. But I think this was the first big hit in the U.S. Yes. Yes. That's what brought them to America. And this is what I remember. This is the wham Mm -hmm. I remember. Mm -hmm. All of this, like, this whole documentary happened in, like, three years. Yes. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, Jenny, we forgot about this song, Freedom. Yeah. Didn't George Michael do a Freedom song on his own? I think he did. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That was very different. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, okay, I'm done playing Wham songs and getting us canceled. Um, We're not getting canceled. We're getting sued. Sued. One of the things I thought was interesting. Well, if we get sued, we're canceled. Um, (laughs) One of the things I thought was interesting is when he gets called into the Ethiopian. Live Aid situation. Yep. And Andrew's not involved in this. So it is clear that George is becoming the. So I have a couple things before we get to Live Aid. Okay, go ahead. So right before Live Aid or around that time, the press was all over Andrew. They were calling him Randy Andy. Right. And in some way he, and he talks about this, he was like a little bit of a lightning rod. Cause like, like watching those early videos, I'm like, how the hell did George Michael keep his sexuality a secret? And how yeah. the hell would, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's people asking questions about women and stuff, but like, I feel like the press would have been prying into his business and like trying to see him with women and stuff. But like Andy was keeping them so busy with his wild, insane behavior that they mm-hmm. kind of like, they just focused on that. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't remember any of that, to be honest. I don't remember any of it either, but we were very young. Yes. I mean, I wasn't even 10. I was eight. Yeah, in so, so that wasn't on our thing. But I think what you're talking about is Band-Aid, not Live-Aid. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Band-Aid. Yes. Well, yes Band-Aid yes. came first and that's the, it, this did not age well. Do they know it's Christmas time? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah, like, yeah. Oh Lord. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, are we bringing Christian? The they're not Christians. World. They, I mean, they might be, yeah, but likely yeah, they're not no. like, what no. the fuck do they know it's no. Christmas? I was like this. Wow. I mean, you know, good cause. And now I remember those things. Like, remember when they did those giant music things and there was like every famous person like Bono's there. Yes. Elton yes, John's they did there. Farm Aid. Remember Willie Nelson did Farm Aid to help the farmers. Yeah. Like it was, they did a lot of stuff. Yeah. Musicians and choose to care. And at this time. They still do. I'm just kidding. Oh, then. Okay. So then they do Live Aid. Yes. And Live Aid and is when he sings with Elton John. Did you spot Baby Bono? Baby Bono was amazing. There was Sting. Baby Bono was adorable. Sting was there. Like <laughs> Freddie Mercury was there. Freddie Mercury was there. Holy Talk shit! About a fucking genius. Elton oh John. Elton God. John. And I mean Elton John too. And Did Freddie you see Mercury. That movie Bohemian Rhapsody. I don't think so. Oh. I mean, did I? I mean, he he wrote is it that old song. or new? Is it new? It's older. I think I've seen it. He wrote that song and like I everybody did see it. was I did like, see it. I did see it. We're, we're what's his name song? from My Robot Play Zone. Yes. Yes. I saw yes. I thought you meant a documentary. No, I saw the movie. Yeah. Malik. What's his name? I love him. He was so good. Yeah. Everybody was like, dude, you can't write that song. It makes no sense. Yeah. It makes zero sense. People and he's like, I'm doing it. it. And he's a fucking genius. But when he, anyway. when, when George Michael sings, he's on stage singing, don't let the sun go down on me with Elton John, who his, who his, is his huge idol. Okay, and I want to say something about Elton John. Elton John was really into George Michael. Oh, yeah, of course he was. <laughs> like, yeah, we, we, we see you, Elton. We see you. Because Elton had to be, like, how much older than him? A lot. Yep, yep, yep. A lot. Because <laughs> he's, he's talking about him at some award yes. ceremony, and he's just gushing over Yeah, because like, Elton John was probably like... At Basca, I think it was, was Basca. It had to be like in... Gushing. His forties at this point, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. like twenty, and he's he's just yeah. like you know going on and on about. Dude, I get it. I get it, Ellen. I get it. <laughs> we feel the same way. So yeah, he's on stage. He's singing, and then they bring out everybody, and it's like unbelievable. Can I just Andrew is asking just to be like a background singer? I know. And can I just say that, like, Elton John singing with George Michael, like. This is his idol. He grew up listening to this. I'm yeah. like, this is like Hieronymus Boss coming back from the dead and saying he loves my paintings. <laughs> God, Jenny. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. Um, but yeah, Andrew's like, uh, well, I was, you know, he, he's, you could see the ambition difference. Andrew's mm -hmm. like, I was just so happy to be in a band. And George is like, why the fuck do I only have three number ones this year? <laughs> Yeah, and here's the thing. Um, George had written Last Christmas, which is a great song. Last Christmas. It, like, I mean, for, it's, no, I hate, it's yeah. no Happy Christmas by oh, Lennon God. and Ono, but okay. um, it is a great Christmas song, and yes. he's all ready for it to be the fourth number one, and, and then they release Do They Know It's Christmas Time. And, and it beats it. Beats and it it's like, the dude, these are good problems to have. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But George is like, my ego was so huge. Like, you know, I couldn't. <laughs> so then they go to China and they're one of the first bands to go to China. One of the yep. first pop bands. And 
Then I have, um, he was stressed out. He says he's a huge ego, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Now they do a huge stadium tour. They have made it in America. Like this is one of their things. And this happens after, after, um, is it Live Aid? I'm getting this wrong. Yeah, it's after Live Aid. Yes, Live Aid. Um, so they do this huge stadium tour. They've made it in America. This is it. They've accomplished their goal. But George was becoming depressed. Andrew says he was a huge star, but he could not be himself. Like he, he couldn't be himself. And like like he was this like huge teenage heartthrob for girls. Like it had to feel so fucked up and weird to him. Like, so weird. So weird. And then every interview he's in, which I think this is super rude anyway. Mm-hmm. Every interview he's in, they're asking him Ooh, like How about the women? How about the women? Well, how about, like Because it it uh help me, what's the word I'm looking for? It objectifies women. Like, how many women have you collected on this yeah. tour? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there's a bunch of interviews where people are asking Andrew if he's jealous of George. Are you jealous of George? So in this time, too, it's important that George puts out Careless Whisper as a single of his own. And yes. he's okay with that. And he lets him do it. I feel like Andrew is an ideal partner for him. Yes. Like, he's, he's not another egomaniac. Like... I think Andrew realized early and like, again, I'm a stranger and I just look at the tape of the tape. Listen to me. I just look at the recording of top of the pops and you just fucking see it. Like it's plain as day. So I feel like it had to be plain as day to Andrew that like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like if you're with somebody and you're like, like they're just amazing. It's like when you and I started podcasting together and you just saw my star rise. Yeah. And then I just quit. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, I really helped Amy get to her next podcast and her solo career. And like that, I get it. Like, this isn't my thing. I'm not good at this. Whatever. So like, let's just let Amy ship sail. And I'm happy with that. I wonder I'm if, fine with that. I wonder if Tear and Fear had this kind of dynamic. <laughs> you know, we always call them that. Like Serge will be like, which one? Tear or Fear? Yeah. I wonder if Tear and Fear had a similar supportive <laughs> dynamic. No, but that's a perfect example where I'm like, you want to have your solo career? You want to have 10 podcasts? You want to forget I even existed? Like, maybe they'll have a documentary about Gen X. This is why. And how I was like Mm -hmm. the beginning. Mm -hmm. I mean, I made you keep your branding in line. That's the thing I cared about. But now I see you just. Backdoor friends. And and the quality. uh, Yeah. God. And the quality of Mm -hmm. your content. But besides that, I was like, you're better at this. Thanks. I appreciate that. So, um. They're asking Andrew, like, are you jealous? And he's like, no, I'm good, dude. Like, I'm fine. Super chill. I mean, most people don't expect to be a fucking rock star in their life. So, like, if that happens to happen to you, like. Andrew has what I like to call quiet confidence. Yeah. And he's he's very secure. And he's like, I'm good. He's like, I never expected to be a fucking rock star. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm good. I equate this to somebody who used to give me a hassle because I didn't get my black belt in karate. I got my third degree brown belt. And I'm like, never in my wildest dreams did I think I would have. Yeah. Is this a real problem? Okay. No, no, but like never in my wildest dreams did it. They kept trying to make like, make it like, why aren't you like, I can't believe you would just give up on this. That was also. And I was like, I'm like, give up on what? I'm like, not my wildest dreams that I ever think I would have any belt in karate. So it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. I don't care. And yeah. I feel like Andrew's kind of like that. He's like, never in my wildest dreams. Like about this spe- specific yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did yeah. I ever think I would be a rock star? I just went on tour across the world 
Yes. And had stadiums of women and screaming for me. my way across the He's like, I'm good. Country. Like, if this is all it ever is, I'm mm-hmm. totally fine with that. Yep. And he knows he doesn't have the talent to make it. He would have been like a, a one-hit wonder or two-hit wonder. Presumably, he'll he's probably still getting royalties. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if yep. they if they had a good deal, I mean, well, those record executives that's were. True. Yeah. So they split up in 1986, and they do a farewell concert and splitting up. And Andrew has a good quote here. He says, "We all wake up in the middle of our dreams, and suddenly it's not there anymore." I thought that yeah. was a good. Quote. He just has a really healthy way of thinking about this. And and one of the things that they say about Wham early on, and I forget where I wrote it down, is the like the the appeal of Wham or what they wanted Wham to be was like the feel of it was youth railing against adulthood. So like you can't not like not like not protesting like adulthood. Protesting. Okay. Yes. Like that would be more the punk music. Yes. This was more like, was like just like we're not punk. Just like I don't want to grow up. You know, like I we're just gonna party forever. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna party forever. I don't wanna grow up. And like, you know, like George Michael, I think, said, like, Wham was never gonna be middle aged. You know what I mean? Like it, yes. it just didn't make sense. Yes. Like the band didn't make sense turning into that. And like for George to be successful and to go on to be what he became, like he had to kill Wham. He had to kill Wham. And they both knew it. Yes. And I and think- I just think it's like such a smart, like they were smart businessmen, which is rare to see with, with me, with creative people in general, to be honest. What's interesting though, is they said like, they had the healthiest friendship. They really did. Like yep. we want to set mm-hmm. these six goals for Wham. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to achieve them. Yeah. Once they <laughs> achieve them, they're like, we're done. We're good. Yeah. 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 Jenny, so I have a smart because I feel like if they stayed in Wham and they kept trying to do that same thing, like say George Michael wasn't a genius that he is, and they kept like doing that, they would have been done. They would have been done like by the mid to late 80s and you would never hear from them again. True. I have here George Michael's eight number one hits. Okay. Okay. Can you guess some? George Michael, not Wham. Is this including Wham? Okay. Um, Freedom. Well, I'm going to give you the first one because it's, it's, Sketchy Eight. is Careless Whisper. So that's Wham and George Michael. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Careless right. Whisper, definitely. Okay, Faith. Faith. Faith is I want number your two. Sex. Yes. Isn't Freedom one of them? Yes. Do you have these written down? No. Okay. Freedom, yes. Um. God, I don't know. I, I, I forget. Don't let the sun go down on me. Don't let the sun. That's the one he recorded with Elton John. Too Funky. I don't know that one. He did. He recorded something with Aretha Franklin too. Um, I want your sex. Mm-hmm. Fast love. One more try. Uh, one more try. Remember. One more try was with somebody. Nope. I knew Father you were figure. waiting was for me. Faith. Was with Aretha. Franklin. Oh, I knew you were waiting for me. Um, Father figure was on faith. Mm-hmm. And then freedom. The, Amazing. The new freedom. The one we were right. talking about. The one that's on uh, Listen Without Prejudice. That was the album After Faith. Yes. It looks like Monkey also spent two weeks at number one. Why they wouldn't put that in the original list is beyond me. Um, yeah, I think that's it. So those are some of his well-known stuff. Praying for Time. That, Jesus, I mean, Jesus the Faith album. Trial. Okay, so that song. I forgot about that song. That song he wrote about the death of his boyfriend. So he had this boyfriend who died from AIDS. I think they only dated like three years or something. Yeah. Two or three years. 
And uh, I think even though he was in much longer relationships later, like I think that was the love of his life type mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. And he wrote that song. And de- he says it in the beginning. He dedicates it to him. I just want to see. He died. He was young. I have an index card. Oh, fuck. Okay, this is good. Saves me a Google search. How did George Michael die? He died in England on December 25th, 2016 mm. at age 53. On Christmas? Yep. Don't they That's know why... Christmas time? Okay, bad joke. <laughs> bad fucking joke. I feel like I always thought he died tragically. I mean, it's all tragic, but like, I always you know, thought he killed kind of... himself, but he didn't. Yes, I know because that. it was Christmas and he was young. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And okay, so. A little bit about his, some of the stuff that happened to him after Wham. And okay. this is the juicy stuff you're listening Good. for. Okay. He struggled with substance abuse for many years. It was He was heavily addicted to marijuana, but also was arrested in the aughts multiple times for Class C drug offenses. That's um like Xanax, Valium, sleeping pills, like that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. Uh, cannabis and like, hmm. like most of the street drugs are Class B. Okay. In 2011... He canceled a performance in London due to a viral infection and was admitted to the hospital with chest pains less than a month later, less than two hours before a performance. They had a, it, his condition then worsened and the rest of the tour was canceled. He had a tracheotomy that saved his life in, de- in December of 2011 after falling into a coma. So he was having like real bad wow. health thing. Yeah, he almost died. Wow. In 2013, he sustained a head injury when he fell from a moving car. Mm. On like, supposedly his manager was saying that it was just superficial injuries, but like I don't know, that feels wow. In 2015 in June, he checked into rehab in Switzerland, so he was still having pretty bad drug yeah. problems at that time. He was found dead in his home in Goring on the Thames by his partner Fadi Fazwa. At that time, he was 53. The cause of death was oh, here we go, dilated cardiomyopathy, myocardiology. Mm myocardius and fatty the heart liver. doesn't pump enough blood to the yeah veins through the veins. so his heart failed probably from heavy drug yeah drug because he's only 53 he's buried next to his mother and sister in london the article i was reading said his sister died sister died exact, after him exactly three years later so yeah does that mean she died on christmas how'd she die i don't know you don't on- know I ran out of time. You were pressuring me to join them. <laughs> she, so he has his sister, Melanie, who died on Christmas Day. Mm. That's weird. Three years later. But we don't know how she died. She struggled to come to terms with her brother's death, which occurred exactly three years earlier. After falling into a diabetic coma. I had it right. Mm. That's so weird. That's really sad. God, mm. the mother was already dead. Thank God. Could you imagine the living with that? The poor father. Was the father already dead? I think the father was was dead already. I don't. That's sad. That freaks me out because that's like a whole family gone. Yeah, I know people that happened to. Mm. Jenny, at the end of every episode, we look back on theme or a lesson, something we take from the rewatch. We call it our why. It's designed to finish the sentence. Gen X, this is why. What is your why for this episode? This is why um, I think you should watch all the documentaries about the people you grew up listening to, because I think there's just really interesting stories and like it doesn't have to be a murder or a tragic ending. Although we, we 
after I say that, like, yeah, we dove into his tragic ending, <laughs> like right into it. And we but, were like, excited. <laughs> no, but like, you know, I was like, when I first heard of this documentary, like one of my friends posted on Facebook, oh, this is really good. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. But like, I don't know. Like, I feel like the bands I know the least about are like, I always find something interesting about them. And I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I just think it's super interesting. My why is this is why you really need to choose your business partners carefully. Yes, good one. Because yes. um, I've seen many crash and burn. Well, and you chose badly the first time around. I did not. Shut up. <laughs> um, but you choose somebody who, like Andrew was just so supportive and amazing that he could see George. And I'm sure George was a good partner to him. But like, yeah, just oh, yeah. The, the fact that he saw that the writing was on the wall with this yeah. and yep. gracefully yeah. stepped back. But I think that's more is of, unheard of in the business. But I think that's business. more of him as a friend yes. versus a business partner. Yeah, I agree. And I think they had a, a really healthy friendship, which allowed them to make good business decisions. Yeah, because like I had like I bought a house from a really good friend of mine, and I have another friend who was like, "I would never go into any kind of like legal contract or business with friends." Mm -hmm. so it's like, what kind of friend are you then? Like, yeah. I feel like if you're really good friends it's actually safer to be in those kind of, like I'd rather be in a contract with a friend that, that I'm trust than yeah. some stranger. Yeah. Like, but yeah. they had a really good, healthy friendship. And I think Andrew, I think they really cared about each other. Me too. Me too. All right, Jenny. Um, if you're listening on Gen X, this is why this is the end of this episode. Nothing upcoming until we decide there's something up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we're getting a little better. We're, we're putting some stuff out now. Yeah. We'll we'll be coming at you soon. Just stay subscribed. Keep giving us reviews if you want. We still have our Patreon available. There's nothing new There's on There's nothing it, new happening there. But it's available. So if you want to sign up, listen to all that back content, and then unsubscribe, yeah. go ahead. You know, go for it. You a month. Pay go five ahead. bucks. Mm -hmm. yep. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you soon. Bye.